I think I just kind of realized what I was away from like my ego of work. Where do I want to be as a mother and how do I want my children to grow? What do I want them to appreciate? It simplified so much for for all of us that you just don't need that much. You know, when you're at home and you're in that fast pace, you do get caught up in like, oh, you know, I need this and I need to do this with work and the kids need this. When you are living in a caravan and you're in the middle of Australia and there's nothing around you, you literally only need good water and food. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Imprint. I'm excited today to share my guest, Amelia Fullerton, who is a photographer known for her beautiful, light-filled images. And we got to know each other very well over the past year as we were working on a book together, which is Home by the Sea. And I really enjoyed having an opportunity to hear about how she got into photography and some of the lessons that she's learned on her journey. She also shares about her building project and how she created her home, which was really a beautiful one and it features in the book. And some of the considerations as to working on a budget and a small space and give some really great insights into how you can maximize your money when it does come to building a home from scratch. We talk about obviously the book as well as her journey of traveling around Australia for 10 months with her family up until quite recently. She's got four daughters and um, went on the trip of a lifetime. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation. As we were speaking, um, the battery was running out on her, um, on her computer. So we, were, we had to speed up a little bit at the end, but there's plenty in there to enjoy. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Amelia Fullerton. Hello, Amelia. I'm so excited to talk to you. I can't believe that it's probably been over a year since we last had a chat. And that was at the very end of creating our book together. So I so much has happened since then. But first of all, I would love if you could share with everybody a little bit about your journey into getting into photography, because that's, you know, what so many people know you for. And I know that you didn't start out as a photographer. So can you just share a little bit about your story to getting into photography? Of course. Yeah. Hello. Um, so basically, I had moved to Byron um, when I was 19. I'd just gone on a big trip overseas with some girlfriends to Europe. And um, I got back and we lived here. We were living in this new place. We moved up from Sydney and um, we decided to, to kind of stay in Byron and make do. And then we would just, you know, had some kind of average jobs as you do when you leave school. And we, um, yeah, and then I, I kind of uh, ended up 
doing a uni degree in social science and then I fell pregnant with my first daughter uh obviously met my partner before that and it all just kind of life was moving quite quickly and after I had her and I'd finished my uni degree I which was in social science I just made the decision that I didn't really want to be doing that while she was young I wanted to be home with her as much as I could and um at that time I was like you know what I'll just take some family photos and um yeah and I started taking photos of the of people's kids and of my kid of of her more and and from there it just kind of evolved and I started doing wedding photos and it just naturally progressed I didn't have any kind of experience in photography as such I studied I'd, I'd done photography when I was in high school but um but yeah it was a whole new world for me and I just self-taught and yeah and it just gradually kind of took off wow and and so um I mean this is probably a little while back can you give us a little bit of context about how long ago that probably was in terms of when you sort of picked up the camera to to sort of start you know exploring it I guess so my daughter just turned 10 so I was 24 when I had her um so yeah it was probably around 10 or 9 years ago that I really started taking photos seriously so um it's been a 10 10 year journey of getting to this point where I'm at now and I imagine like 10 years ago, there probably wasn't so much out there on Google or YouTube or any of those things that, you know, you can teach yourself pretty much anything now. I mean, how, how did you learn? I mean, was it sort of that you had a little bit of a foundation from having studied it a little bit at school and then you just kind of explored it manually, literally with, with the camera or yeah. How did you teach yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a few things so I think I'm a very like visual person naturally so I kind of see things in pictures and I've always had a really kind of strong interest in interiors and like my mind has always worked in a way that I was like looking at things in like picture form if that makes sense so I think it progressed for me like quite quickly because I already think I had some kind of an eye but the the actual learning to use a camera I mean that's just something that you just slowly can pick up but I did do a like quite early on I got in touch with a photographer in Sydney called um Louisa and she helped me um I kind of went down and she was just like a bit of a mentor for me and she she helped me kind of you know, I went to some, to some shoots with her and she really guided me through that process of like getting jobs and how to kind of, you know, take on a shoot, which was so helpful. So I think, you know, it's that that classic thing of you can learn things through paper, but you're never going to really get it unless you do it with your hands. No, completely. I mean, this is um a lot of people who listen to this podcast, you know, they're um, considering exploring some kind of side of their creativity, but maybe haven't made that leap yet. And I think that initial stage can often seem a mystery to people. You know, they sort of think, well, 
I see this person at the finish line or, you know, far into their career, but how do they actually go from, you know, maybe working a regular job or whatever that is, or, you know, even taking time out to have kids, how do then you kind of go on that journey and, and build up a career? And, you know, that can seem quite mysterious sometimes. So I think it's always good to shine a light on different people's journeys because um, it is so often a process. And like you say, you know, reaching out to people and shadowing someone, you can learn so much that way. I think it's such a, a good way to learn. Um, you can learn, I think, sometimes so much, you know, in one day than, you know, you could spend hours and hours looking at something on the internet. Totally. So, yeah. And what about like your... Yeah, I... Oh, okay. yeah. oh yeah, no, no. I was just going to say, I think that it's, it's a massive part of it is that if, if, if there was someone listening that was in that stage of what do I do or do I just go straight to social media and start an account and, and, you know, try and really push that side of it. But I think if you can find someone in your community where you can join up with them and just follow them along or ask like any kind of that experience is just going to gain you so much more knowledge than, than anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, no, completely. And what about, I was going to ask you about your, um, the way that you use light and in your photography, I think it's, you know, you've got a beautiful use of light. Is that because you only use natural light, don't you, in your photos? Yeah. Like, most of the time. Um, uh, yeah. Like, well, yeah, basically entirely, like unless I'm in a situation where we're in a studio and it's like product or something like that, but I really just try not to do any kind of fashion or product photography. So, um, all of my portrait work and anything that I do with interiors and obviously with the weddings it's always natural light and and I I just think that you've got this beautiful way of capturing portraits and and the light with people I mean what are you looking for when you're trying to take a portrait you know that's sometimes something that people struggle with like what are some of the things that you find work really well particularly getting people to relax as well (laughs) yeah I think doing the weddings, doing so many of the weddings so early on in my career, like if you speak to a lot of photographers, they're like, I will not shoot weddings. I hate them. <laughs> so I think for me, because I, that's what basically I was starting at, at the beginning of my career. So I learned very early on to, to move quick. Like I had to make the most of a situation that was in front of me and whatever the light was doing, I had to make use with that light. Whether it was raining, cloudy, crazy, bright, sharp, like I was put in a situation over and over again at the start of my career where I just had to think on the spot and make do. As well as, like you said, like weddings, it's also so much about making people feel comfortable with you and just getting those moments in between. Like you you just don't want people to feel stiff. So as much as the weddings are really hard work and long days and very stressful, I think they taught me a lot early on in my career of how to approach light and people and all of that other stuff that's become so useful later on. And more recently, you've sort of worked with brands and, um, you know, done various types of shoots I think, would you attribute that to kind of getting that type of work through Instagram? Has that been a really important tool for you to kind of 
become known as a photographer? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it would have been a lot harder to get to the place that I kind of have got to without social media. But in saying that, I do think that there is still that place for word of mouth. And like, you know, a lot of the jobs that I get throughout the year are through people speaking to each other, which I think is really beautiful. You know, you're not just so heavily relying on this one aspect because to me that's really scary and I can see where businesses are suffering at the moment because they rely so heavily on social media. And I think if you, yeah, if you want to have strength in your business, it's important to remember that there's other elements that, you know, you need to take into account. Yeah, no, completely. I think that's a really good point, actually. So what about, I often ask people about their relationship with, um, you know, social media and Instagram, because I think it's how so many of us know each other. You know, it's how um, we kind of make those initial connections. And I know that you have sort of had, you know, as of I, you know, I think most of us sort of have, you know, a mixed kind of relationship with it. Like, how do you, what's your approach to how you use it? And I know obviously this past year has been a little bit different because you've been on a trip, which we can talk about a little bit later. But, you know, if we sort of look even before that, you know, how did you use it um, and what was your approach to, to Instagram? For me, with the social media, it's definitely a bit of a funny one. Like if I'm not, yeah, if I'm on it too much, I just feel as though it's the worst kind of version of myself and I find with my personality, I need to definitely tap out lots of times. I can't, even though I know that my business would really benefit from me being like quite active and involved in it, I just find for my own personal life that I prefer to not be too involved in it. And if that means that my business kind of sacrifices a little bit, then so be it because I just I just find I'm a better version of myself and a better person and a better mother when I'm not worrying or stressing about anything to do with social media. Oh, I mean, I can completely relate. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's, um, it's quite a beast, isn't it? But, you know, I guess if you're getting enough work through other channels or just through the quality of your work, then, you know, maybe you don't need to do that. So it's, which is a good position to be in. I yeah I think it's a, it's a tricky one because you yeah it, you know you do need to still be kind of present and in and in some way engaging with it to obviously get more work and you can't just you know I have had massive breaks from it and even have deleted it before because I've just been like this is just not what I want um so yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, a tension there for me with it, but I just, I just have to be aware of it and tap out when I can tell that it's, it's doing more damage than good. Well, I think that sounds very healthy. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, now I have to ask you about your, um, your home renovation and your, the projects that you did, which. I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey. I think what you created with your home was amazing. And the fact that, you know, you, you also did it on quite a tight budget and, you know, which I think that, 
you know, people often like to hear those stories and very clever design solutions as well. So can you share a little bit about your home? I mean, it's in the book and uh, we'll talk about that, the book a little bit as well. But um, first of all, I'd love if you could share a little bit about your home and story. Yeah, so we bought some land like in Ewingsdale like eight years ago now um, and we basically found this block that was an acre and a half and it was it's only five minutes from Byron so we thought we've really got to try and go for this at the time and it took us down this whole journey of building and being on a very very tight budget which was interesting um, but we ended up getting a great builder at the time and we also worked with an architect, um, that was really great with homes kind of where he built a home for his own family in New Zealand on a very tight budget. So we just didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, getting an architect that, you, you know, you just, ha- I think you have to be mindful when you work with an architect of, of them not being, you know, carried away with the project if the budget is so tight. So I think you really need to find someone like we did that it's like these are our restrictions. And with our first place, that's that's what it was all about. Like everything in that home was based around how tight our budget was. And so can you share some of the design solutions that you kind of either you or he came up with? Yeah, well, we. I think the first thing, the number one thing is obviously how big the house is going to be because if you're working with the builder, they all go off square meterage of their costs, you know. So you initially, if you do want to do a home that's architecturally built and not through a spec home building company, is that you need to be prepared that you're going to have a smaller place. So our first place was three bed and one bath and then just one big living dining kitchen. And for us, it worked really, really well. And then I think secondly, it's remembering your materials. Like that's where you're just going to have huge saving. If you can cut back on your material costs, you're just eliminating huge amounts of money there. And as well, uh, I think just the design, like the way that that first house of ours was built was that every window was the same shape and size. So, you know, when you're going and getting your windows put in, it's all just so straightforward and easy. And that uh, place of ours, we was basically finished within three months from start to finish. So it was quick and easy. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. We we started in September and we moved in the day before Christmas. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, it can be done like that if you're really clear and you know you, you know that you're happy to to stick to to keeping it refined, then you can do it. You know, but I think that's where people find it challenging. And I, I love can you share about the sort of the rectangular boxes and how you captured the light? Yeah, so we were lucky with that block because it was all north facing. So I mean, light is obviously such an important thing for me. And I think it's so easily missed with people like from your living perspective that 
you know, if you have a house that's got north facing light, like it is just naturally, that house was just so beautiful to live in in the winter. We would have sun all day. And then, you know, in the summer, it just stays so cool. It just works so well when a house is designed properly. And I really see this thing in Australia, like of, you know, like, you know, I think there is this thing where it's like, let's just get a project builder. Let's make it easy. Like, let's have the house that has the rumpus room and the five bedrooms. And people are always like, you know, we can't afford to do, to use an architect. And they immediately wipe out that option. But I do think there needs to be a bit more discussion of, you know, you miss out on the the parts of living in a, a really well-designed house when you go and do that. You, you're living in a house that is not made for the block. It's just already pre-designed. So, yeah, there's a lot of elements that although the house is simpler, you're missing out on living in a home that's nicer to live in, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, completely. I Yeah, I think that's a really good example. And so now um, you're about to start building another house. Can you just share a little bit about that and, and what you're thinking? I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, second time round, what type of home are you thinking about? What are some of the design considerations? Uh, yeah, give us the rundown. So again, well, we've just done a 10-month trip living in a caravan with our four kids. So it's actually a really great time to think about building again because we feel like after living in this caravan that we don't need anything, <laughs> which is great. So it's kind of simplified the the whole kind of design uh, process again. And yeah, we've, we've basically already kind of designed the whole place, but um, it's still going to be sitting around that 220 square meters. Um, and then we're, we're just hoping to kind of fit a lot within that space because now the kids are all starting to get a bit older. So the we're doing, you know, the four beds, but one of the bedrooms will be like a multi-purpose kind of bunk room, kids room. Um, so as the kids get a bit older, they can kind of use that as a multi-use space, which I think was one thing that we really missed in the last place is just having like a bit of a rumpus room set up. Um, and yeah, it's just, again, just very minimal, lots of kind of outdoor living um, and hopefully just lots of nice materials this time. And so have you kind of um, specified it at all, like in terms of you know, the materials that you will use for the kitchen and it will it be a similar kind of aesthetic or are you curious to sort of try something a little bit different? I think it'll still definitely have, uh, you know, there's similarities. We definitely have stuff that we like and don't like, but we were so limited to the budget with the last house that it was very much just like a, a white box, you know, and this one we're hoping that we can have a bit of movement that we can do, you know, some nice timber floors and maybe some feature, something feature in the ceiling. And just, I would love to be able to do timber windows and doors and just a bit more of a country feel to this one because it's on more land. So um, I'd just like it to have a bit more of a warmer feel. And I think, well, 
I mean, you tell me, I think you get that from using like materials and texture and a lot of the things that the the last place was missing out on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I have to ask you as well, because, you know, I think one of the things that was very um, noticeable about your last place, and I think just you in general, is that you, you know, even discounting the caravan episode, like you live quite simply, you know, you, you strike me as someone who's, you know, doesn't have a lot of clutter and you, um, you know, you don't have lots of stuff. And I know that that's something a lot of people struggle with, you know, but they're striving to simplify. Can you share a little bit about your journey with simplifying or, you know, trying to live with less? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's very much like a mental thing. Like, so within my mind, if I have less clutter, I feel like more organized and more in control. It's probably more a control thing, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult when you have four kids because like, as you know, there's just always stuff coming into the house and you, you do have to be kind of on top of it as to what you're buying and you know, uh, I'm definitely conscious of it. Um, but yeah, it, I understand why people would struggle with it though, because it just accumulates quickly. And unless you are quite strict with yourself, you end up having this piles of stuff in the house that you're just like, I don't even know what that is, how long that's been sitting there for, you know, like it, it takes over quite rapidly. So yeah, you, you do need to be strict with it, but I'm saying it's still a battle for me with having the kids. And I think if I just lived on my own, I would be completely different, but, but yeah, no, it, it's something I've got to stay on top of for sure. And, um, I'm curious, obviously having done that caravan trip, well, first of all, can you sort of share why you decided to do it and and what was that experience like? I mean, obviously it would be lovely to hear some of the, the highlights, but also just the kind of the practicality of living in a caravan for that period of time. Like what did you learn about yourselves and what did you learn about space and even just your perhaps yearning to have a home or not? I don't know. What was your take on it? Oh, so much, so much. Like, it was such a, just a once in a lifetime kind of trip and we had an absolute ball, but it definitely did come with its challenges. We were lucky that we had quite good weather the whole 10 months that we were away. Um, but yeah, you know, as you can imagine, six people living in a 17 foot caravan, like you, everything has to have a place. And one of the biggest things that I kind of learned being on the road in that confined space was everything was always out on the table. Like if someone was upset with someone, it's like you had to talk it through. And like any issues that we had had as a family before we left, like everything just came out and it was so healing and good for the kids and for us to just know where we were at. Like you just don't kind of spend that time with your kids when they're at school. And it just gave us that freedom to be like, where is this person at? you know, my youngest was, is two and my eldest turned 10. And it's like, it just allowed us as a family to grow so much stronger and become a more stronger unit as well as kind of appreciating 
how nature can be so healing and so like, you know, if if you needed space or if you needed time, you could you, you just had to get outside. You had to go for a swim. You had to go for a walk. And like, I'd, I've never felt more connected to nature. And it was just such a beautiful kind of experience to have with the kids while they were young. And, you know, being in a house at home, you just can't kind of have that, that connection to nature like you do when you're traveling around Australia in a caravan. You're literally outside 90% of the day. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, it, oh gosh. I mean, I think it's, it's like one of those wish list things for a lot of people and to have that opportunity to do it, you know, sounds amazing. And like you say, I'm sure there were also many challenges along the way. Um, what, like, what did you learn about yourself during that time as well? Like, did you kind of get any insights into, you know, what, is a priority for you or even maybe in relation to your work or, you know, what you want to do or yeah. Did you get kind of any big insights in that way? Yeah. Like I think, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot that kind of came out for all of us as to where we want to be. And like you said, I feel so fortunate to have had that experience. Um, like it really is once in a lifetime. And I mean, we worked really hard to kind of get to that place that we could go and just take that, that 10 months off work and just enjoy being with our kids. So I feel fortunate to actually have that space to like say, what is it that we're needing right now? But yeah, I think I just kind of realized what, I was away from like my ego of work and, you know, it's like, where do I want to be as a mother and how do I want my children to grow? What do I want them to appreciate? Like it simplified so much for all, for all of us that you just don't need that much. And like, you know, when you're at home and you're in that fast pace, like you do get caught up in like, Oh, you know, I need this and I need to do this with work and the kids need this. And like when you are living in a caravan and you're in the middle of Australia and there's nothing around you, you literally only need good water and food, <laughs> you know, and petrol. And no, because they fuel. <laughs> it's so much more simpler. Like we would stress about things like whether the car would would be okay in these places that were so remote and we'd stress about like whether we could get good water and you know stuff that you just don't think about at home and it just makes you appreciate what you have so much more and so I'm curious as well I mean you know I know of a few people who've done either sort of trips around the world or also around Australia and at the end of the trip they've actually ended up deciding to relocate somewhere else um, now you have bought some land in the Byron area and I'm curious, you know, was there any kind of thought that you might, you know, were you interested in settling anywhere else or was, what was the pull to come back to Byron? We did actually think about kind of resettling somewhere else. We were looking down the South coast. Um, we've got some friends that live around the Tarthra area and we even really love it around, um, Jindabyne like we spent two weeks there and it's just so beautiful in the summer but then we also both love like our snowboards and I love skiing and it's got such a beautiful horse community and you know we we were thinking of 
kind of down in that area. Um, but we just couldn't find land that we were looking for. And at that time, everything was still so expensive and, and land kind of came up in a suburb in, in Byron that we really love. And we thought, you know what, we need to just go for something. And I guess this is just another stepping stone. And, you know, it, it's not that we don't want to be here by any, any means. It's just that I feel like we're quite open people where, where, you know, we were, we were up for a move if, if the right kind of land came available. So, but yeah, we're, we're more, more than happy to be building again here. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly look forward to seeing what you create. And so now I have to obviously ask you about the book and um, now I think you only just received it maybe even today. So can, can you share a little bit about what, you know, the experience was like for you of, of working on a book? This is your first book and I know it's a very special thing to work on your first book. And, um, and yeah, what, what you think of the book now, I mean, I haven't even had a chance to ask you, so it's a great opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was so happy to be involved and the fact that you asked me was just so lovely and I was so excited about the whole process and seeing it today was like a sigh of relief <laughs> and, um, and you know, just it's just it was great to see how it all come together and I, I felt it was just really, really lovely to be able to do something like that and it well, I never kind of really imagined that I would get that opportunity. So thank you for allowing me that. Oh, complete pleasure. I mean, it was so much fun to work on. What what were your what was your perspective of like, you know, we went into so many different homes and what were some of the kind of takeaways that you got from that those kind of I don't know however many months we ended up doing it over, but you know, going into in the end it was like, well, eighteen homes in total, including our own. But, you know, what were some of the takeaways you got? Yeah, I like I think it's just su such a cool experience to be able to go into other people's homes and see how they live. Like I loved that there's just so many different types of homes and people within the book and it's it I, like you would agree it's just such a great thing to be able to to kind of be welcomed into someone else's home and like how that experience kind of unfolds is just so interesting and special and to be able to do that for work was so cool um but yeah I guess I just loved that I, I took away from it that you know we got to see how so many different people live and what what they call home yeah no great now I know your battery's running low so I'm going to ask you some little questions and we'll see how we go with time um these are ones that I often ask at the end of the podcast so so what's the best life or career lesson you've learned? Um, I think just what I touched on before that get out there, go and speak to people and get experience. What's been your best decision? Oh, having my beautiful girls. Who inspires you? God. <laughs> <laughs> from a work perspective or just from a life? Any, any. It's so hard just to say one person. I'll have to come back to that. That's okay. What are you passionate about? Uh, being there for my girls, being present. What dream do you still want to fulfill? Um, another, another book of my own, maybe. 
Um, what are you reading? I'm reading Lucy by the Sea at the moment. Okay. I know you always have good books on your book stand. Yeah, it's, um, re- it's really Lucy- good actually. Okay, good. Um, are you listening to any podcasts at the moment? No, no, I have been terrible with podcasts lately. Too much in and out of reception on the trip. (laughs) And um, finally, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, Well, I went to see a fortune teller when I was like 19 and she told me to be more like a dolphin. Interesting. Which I always remember that. So I think she meant that I needed to be more playful and less serious and less hard on myself and just, you know, relax more. And do you think you did (laughs) or have? (laughs) I think I've gotten worse as I've gotten older, to be honest. I used to be way more fun. (laughs) I think that about myself too, actually. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, I was really, really fun from like 16 to 23 and then I got too too serious too quick, I think. That sounds a little bit like me too. <laughs> we, we, we lived a lot of life in a very short period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I won't keep you any longer because I know that your, um, you know, your battery is running very low, but thank you so much for your time. It's been so much fun to, to speak to you and learn a bit more about your journey. And thank you for your beautiful images in the book. And um, I can't wait to catch up with you properly soon. I know. And thank you for having me involved in the project. I'm just so happy to be a part of it. All good. All right. Thank you. Bye. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.